Welcome to Pastor John Miller's Cultural Impact Podcast, brought to you by Church on the Rock. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast, a podcast that's all about timeless wisdom for a modern culture. I'm Travis, and I'm here with Pastor John Miller, and uh, every week we have a great time, and uh, we have a lot of great subjects to jump into today, but first and foremost, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. I'm alive. I'm vertical. <laughs> I, I saw uh, your plants. A few of them are looking good today. Yeah, so things. I'm, I'm working in my garden. Flowers are starting to bloom. Turkey season's coming up. Yeah. So, oh man, yeah. it's a time of year for you, huh? Yeah, it's a great time of year. Awesome. Well, hey, let's jump into this, and we okay. want to get into some good subjects. Okay. All right. Here's the first radio spot. Uh, I said a Harvard professor asked where God was during the school shooting in Florida. I'd like to tell the professor that God was in the same place he was when Cain killed Abel. God created us with the power to choose to do right or choose to do wrong. Before Adam sinned, God warned him death would follow his disobedience, but God let Adam choose and he let the school, cho- the school shooter choose. They made the wrong choice and others suffered for their sin. May we choose to do good instead of evil. You know, Pastor, I love that spot, but anytime there's a tragedy that happens, something terrible, you have people coming out, you know, this is proof that there is no God. Yeah. You know, and what you're saying here, it's not proof that there is no God, absolutely not, but there's proof of free will and free choice. So if you could just jump into that and kind of dive a little bit more into that. Well, one of the fallacies in believing that if there's a God, bad things wouldn't happen. I mean, it goes back from a worldview that says really in many people that there's no absolute truth, there's no God, there is no devil, there is no evil, and because bad things happen, that's proof that there's not a God. But that's just not true. A biblical worldview starts with there is a good God. He's a God that created people in His image. He desires relationship with us. Uh, If you look in the book of Genesis before the fall of man, If you look in the book of Revelation, after uh, this world is concluded in a real place called heaven, people will enjoy relationship with God in a perfect environment. There'll be no sin, there'll be no evil, no danger, no heartache, no death. All the tragedies of life will be over. But between the fall in Genesis and Revelation when the final consummation is this time we live in now where sin uh, plays out in the workings of everyday life. I mean, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, guess what? Their relationship with God was broken. Uh, They went out, pain came into their life. The very next chapter, their son Cain kills Abel. So actually, just because there is evil is is a validation that not only is God real, but evil exists. It's personified in the person of Satan, and Jesus came to give us hope through it and deliverance from it. Yeah, and I mean, God didn't create a robot. We don't have to serve God. Uh, We can, or we can't. That's right. Free will is the choice. That's what God told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You know, you can do this if you want to, but in the day you do it, you'll die. Well, they had no concept of what death was. They had never known a a, a lack of life. They had never known pain and heartache, Uh, but they had the right to choose. Just as every person that's lived, you know, uh, not just people who do evil, like the horrible Parkland shooting, but everyone gets a right to choose. Your kid gets to choose, I get to choose. We either choose to go God's way or go our own way. Yeah. And that's great. And I've heard you sum it up before. There's a good God and there's a bad devil. And yep. that's why there's kind of that, that balance uh, there. Maybe it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, a kind of a follow-up question on that. What can the average Christian do uh, to make the right decisions and the right choices yep. with their free will? Well, here's a fact. Even though the, the, my salvation is a gift from God, 
I don't just become holy one day or become righteous or now I'm 51% good and that takes care of everything. I still have a sinful nature in me. Uh, as a Christian, I'm born again. I have a spiritual rebirth, but I still have this fight on the inside. And sadly, willpower alone is not enough just to get rid of the bad parts of our life. So I would suggest this. Uh, you can either have an offensive approach or a defensive. The defensive one is, I'm not going to look at pornography. You know, I'm going to change the channel. I'm not going to, you know, the clubbing or whatever the case is. A better philosophy is an offensive one that says this, I'm going to endeavor to get as close to the Lord as I can. Yeah. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to try to walk with the Lord. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fellowship with believers. Uh, I'm going to be careful about what the intake I have, my music, my videos, all these kind of things. So I'm going to try to become closer to the Lord. And if I have two dynamics at work within me, if I have the love of God and the fear of God, you see, I'm responding in love to God's love for me. But also, there's a fear of God because consequences are there. And those dynamics are, go a long way. So to summarize, if I will work on having a closer relationship with Christ, I'll have less desire for the sinful things of the world. Right. And number two is, uh, as my love for God grows, and I constantly am aware of the fear of God, a, 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 a knowledge that I'm accountable for my actions. One day I'll have to give an account. Uh, that that helps me. Yeah, that's great. Let's go ahead and jump into our next spot there. There's some really good meat I want to talk about uh, on this. Okay. Hang on here. See how much time we got left. Well, you forgot to hit the start button. Uh, I'm, you know, free will, <laughs> My right fault. to choose. My fault. Okay, here's another one. Uh, okay, Billy Graham. Billy Graham was listed in polls as one of the ten most admired men in the world. He advised presidents and he preached about Jesus Christ to more people in live audiences than anyone else in human wow. history. He said, Billy Graham said, "My one purpose in life is to help people find a personal relationship with God." which comes through knowing Jesus Christ. His life on earth is over. One day ours will be too. And the question is, are you prepared to stand before God on Judgment Day? Do you know the Savior Billy Graham told millions about? You can. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think we would all agree that Billy Graham, number one, he lived a great life. Yeah. And he used his influence, his talents, uh, to reach millions of people he for did. Christ. You know, I can remember going to a crusade when I was 18 years old, yeah. and uh, it deeply marked my life. But uh, with his death, I mean, he lived to be 99 years old, yeah. but it puts it in the face again that every single one of us, we're going to face death. So I have a couple questions for you on this. How can we make sure as the average person that our life matters? Billy Graham's life mattered. How can we make sure our life matters? Okay. Well, I guess maybe our starting place is a recognition that there are temporary things that have no lasting value, and there are eternal things that last forever. Most of my world is temporary. The food that I ate for lunch, it gave me temporary energy and, and then it's gone. You know, it might produce muscle or fat. Well, in the same way, you know, I love to turkey hunt. It's a hobby, but that experience has no eternal value. Right. You know, the, the amount of money I accumulate, it won't get me to heaven. Uh, money alone, you know, I, I can die a rich man and give it to somebody else. But there are those eternal things that we do that are, that are found around doing God's will, around furthering God's kingdom around serving the Lord with whatever capacity we have in the circle of influence that we have. Now, you and I will never be Billy Graham. We'll never have that platform of a world audience, but we do have a circle of influence right here. If you play golf and you go out to the country club or you go to the links and play, wherever it is, there's people there you play golf with, there's an influence. 
You know, in my case, I have friends I duck hunt with. Well, I'm an influence to that little circle. Uh, I'm an influence on the ball field if my son plays t-ball. You see, we're taking our light. We're letting it shine wherever we are. We're we're walking in integrity. We're talking to people about Christ. We're living the life. We're showing them what true love is. So our life is a living example. We're trying to be deliberate about sharing Christ with as many people as we can. Uh, Another thing we can do is is taking some of our monies, you know, what God entrusts to us. Uh, You know, when I I bring my tithe to the Lord, when I give an offering to missions, when I buy Bibles for people in need, when I share my money to feed poor kids in Haiti, all these are things that I'm doing to foster God's purposes. It's very, very practical because we all have a sphere of influence. All of us have people that we can influence for Christ. Um, You know, if I will just, like in our Connect class, one of the things that we do is we help people find their spiritual gift and try to plug them in so that they can dedicate a portion of their life and time to doing something very deliberate with their gifts and abilities to help people to further the cause of Christ, and those things are eternal. God remembers it. He remembers every prayer we pray and every good thing we do in His name, and and that's eternal, and and one day the Lord will reward us. Yeah, and every person, like you said, has a platform. We have influence. We have talents and abilities, and God wants us to use those to bless Him and bless His people. You know, this kind of whole spot had the overarching uh, meaning of, you know, kind of looking at our life that one day it will fade. Uh, I guess my final question would be this. How do we ready ourselves for the judgment day? Well, okay. Well, maybe the starting place is a recognition that according to the Bible, there will be a day of judgment and every person will be there. If you look in the book of Revelation towards the end, I think it's chapter 20, the great white throne judgment, we'll stand before God and give an account for our life. So number one, the starting place is there will be a day of reckoning. Mm -hmm. The wisest man in the Old Testament, Solomon, when he tried to find happiness and meaning in life in so many ways, you know, he tried to find it through the pursuit of pleasure, of knowledge, of relationships, of building things, power, but he said it's all empty and meaningless. And here's the way he closed his book. He said the sum of the whole matter or the whole duty of man is to fear God and obey his commandments because one day we'll give an account. So the starting place is there is a judgment day. The second thing is to realize what I'm judged for is not just whether I've been good or bad, but it's my sin that separates me from God. And you know, it only takes one sin to make a sinner. You know, you can be a really great guy, but still a sinner, and my sin separates me from God. The safety on judgment day harkens back to the cross of Jesus Christ. The singular reason Jesus came to this earth is because we have a sin problem. Sin separates us from God. Sin brings death, and sin literally sends people to hell. But Jesus offers a way out. He offers forgiveness for our sins. So the, the basically how to be prepared, we can't do enough good works, we can't do enough good things or give enough money, but we can come to God in humility asking for His forgiveness. Yeah. Acknowledging our belief that Christ is the Savior of the world, the Son of God who loved us, He gave His life for us, He offers us forgiveness for our sins, and with Jesus it's as easy as the taking. Yeah. Now, when you truly receive Christ, it's, it's like a gift. Uh, if your grandmother called you up and said, Travis, I've got a birthday present for you. Uh, it's at my house. Well, if you don't go by her house and get it, you'll never get the present. Right. You'll never get the advantage yeah. of it. But Jesus, the scripture says, as many as received him, 
to those he gave the right to become sons and daughters of God to those who would believe on his name. So receiving Christ literally is a deliberate act of our will. We ask for God's forgiveness. We ask for him to come into our life and then we commit to follow him and we become a follower of Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I live a life of good works. So on judgment day, my sin is forgiven and then when the judgment is comes for my works, God rewards me for the good things I've done for Christ. That's how to be ready for judgment day. That's great. And you know, when you're young, you think, you know, life is never going to end. As you get older, we realize that, man, I want to make sure my life makes a difference, yeah. that God is well pleased. You know, and uh, this was great, Pastor John. If you have anything else, any final comments for today? No, other than nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. I, I had two people I found out this week that died. One of them was a guy that was a little older than me uh, when I was growing up. He was kind of a, you know, in our little part of the world, a little hero kind of guy. He was an outdoorsman, a woodsman, uh, he, but he had the flu, and he was by himself, and he just killed over with a heart attack. Hmm. I found out yesterday, my partner in ministry when I was real young in the Navy, uh, we lost touch with each other. He went on to become a doctor. He died six years ago hmm. of a heart attack. The point is, you never know when death is coming. And you don't have to be afraid of it, but you need to be prepared by putting your trust in Christ. Don't put it off. Do it Mm. today. If you're listening right now, you can just pause and literally bow your head and ask Jesus to forgive you for what you've done wrong. Ask him to come into your life and commit to follow him and live for him. After that decision, get involved in a good Bible-believing church. Uh, Pick up your Bible, read it every day. Contact us. We'd be happy to give you some things and help you on the journey. Absolutely. Well, that's great, Pastor John. Uh, Pray for me. We are starting T-Ball today, so uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll keep you posted next time. But again, another episode of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast. I'm Travis for Pastor John, for Zach. Hey, we're glad you tuned in, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, Timeless Wisdom for a Modern Culture.